Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. And Nick, we just broke down the offensive line, uh, but there's another unit, offensive unit, for this uh, this Broncos team that's going to be without several guys, I think, this week. Uh, and that's the wide receivers. Uh, you look at the wide receiver unit, Jerry Judy's day-to-day. I don't believe he practiced on Wednesday. Um, I still don't expect him to play. I, I just, it seems like too risky to get him out there. Uh, you don't want to get him hurt, especially when it sounds like K.J. Hamler now uh, is a candidate to go on the IR with his hamstring injury, and he's going to be out, I think Nathaniel Hackett said, a few weeks. Um, you're talking about a unit that now has Cortland Sutton, who, Nick, listen to this stat. How many touchdowns do you think he has scored in his last 20 games? Give me a guess, Cortland Sutton. Zero. One. He scored one touchdown in his last 20 games. That's just not very good. Uh, Then you have, I would guess, Kendall Hinton would be number two uh, after Sutton, who I thought played great the other day. He played really well. But he's got a shoulder injury. He's limited this week in practice. Uh, And then after that, you're talking about Jalen Virgil, who, again, looked great. Uh, Only got one target, so maybe he'll get more this week. Montreal Washington, who I think can do some things. Uh, and then really after that, they 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 let Tyree Cleveland go. Um, you know, I believe they signed somebody. I'm I'm forgetting his name. Victor Bolden. Signed, yeah, there you go. Victor Bolden. Um, but what do you think of this wide receiver group? Am I missing anybody? I feel like I'm missing someone. Uh, but uh, what do you think of this group and and how do you think the offense will look with that many guys out at that position? Well, it makes it really difficult uh, on on the offense because, once again, just like the offensive line, George, you're playing with a lot of guys who haven't really played together. So you wonder about the chemistry. But here's the bright side of it. Here's some other guys who have not had as many opportunities at the beginning of the season that are going to get an opportunity to not show the Broncos but to show the league the type of players that they are. And this is where your leaders stand up. For me, when I was with the Broncos, we had situations like this when we had a couple of guys down. But the guy that kept everyone together, and he was kind of glued to the offense, it was Rod Smith. So I'm not saying Corlin Sutton is Rod Smith, but he's going to have to be maybe 20% of Rod Smith because all eyes are going to be looking at you. You're now the bona fide number one wide receiver. There's no Jerry Judy. We haven't had Tim Patrick in a while. So can you stand up and be that player? I'm not talking about giving passion and speeches before the game or after the game. No, I'm talking about taking that energy that you are trying to push through with your message in your speech. Put that out there on the field. Lead by example. This is not one of those games where we need, you know, coaches or players to deliver these Newt Rockney speeches. No, it's time for production. And when you look at that offensive group, you say, well, Where's that offensive production going to come from? You mentioned Jalen Virgil, who coming out of Appalachian State, he wasn't even drafted. You get Montreal Washington, who was drafted late, that some individuals thought, hey, you know what? He's just a special teamer. He's not a wide receiver. So you said, well, how do you create some kind of offensive vertical passing game with these guys? And this is how you do it. You, you have a guy by the name of Victor Bolden. He hadn't played in the NFL since 2018. Uh, last season, he, he won a title with the uh, USFL uh, Stallions. But I can tell you this because I was around Victor Bolden 
when I was coaching with the San Francisco 49ers. He has that vertical speed that you saw with K.J. Hamlin. So to me, yeah, he's on a practice squad, but you pull him off the practice squad and you make him active because here's what you do for your offense. He has excelled as a kick return and a punt returner. With him being able to do that, now that frees up Montreal Washington to be used as a second or third wide receiver. And oh, by the way, the Broncos have uh, their version of Travis Kelsey, but much faster, but less experienced, and Greg Dosage. Anytime Dosage gets the ball, we know that's magic between him and Russell Wilson. So why not get him out there? You spread the field. Don't put him in the core. You flex him out. And if you need an inline blocking tight end, you use uh, Eric uh, Salbert, right? Because Beck is still dealing with the hamstring. That's how you get offensive production. You have to use what you have in your back pocket to, to put out a scheme. You can't constantly say, well, we don't have this. We don't have that. You know what? Take the New England Patriot approach. We don't care what you can't do. We want to we want to focus on what you can do. So this has to be not a can't do team. This needs to be a can do team. And I just told you exactly how you get offense production. Now, whether Hackett does that, that's a different thing. Yeah, and I'm looking at the stats here. Last time they played the Raiders, Nick, uh, KJ Hamler uh, had one reception for 55 yards. Obviously, that that long pass towards the end of the game. Uh, Jerry Judy, four, four receptions, 53 yards, a touchdown. Cortland Sutton, five receptions, 52 yards, a touchdown. So one of his better games uh, came against the Raiders. Kendall Hinton, two receptions, 39 yards. Eric Saubert, one reception, 25 yards. So, uh, you know, they spread the ball around a little bit last game. Obviously, they're going to be without their two top guys from that game, Jerry Judy and, and K.J. Hamler. But, you know, y- you need Cortland Sutton to be the guy, right? You need him to go out and make big-time catches. We saw that a little bit against the Titans. I mean, he had that one. Uh, you know that one-handed grab that was just phenomenal, uh, and he had a couple other big catches. You gotta, you gotta get him going. Uh, you need Kendall Hinton to have another big game, uh, and you gotta trust those those younger guys. I feel like part of the problem, Nick, is they haven't really trusted Jalen Virgil or Montreal Washington to be out there a whole lot, and that's why we haven't seen them. But it seems like every time they're out there, they make a big play. Uh, whether it's Montrell on an end around or Jalen Virgil on on the go ball, and he he scores. You know, you gotta you gotta start trusting these guys because you really have no one else, right? Uh, and I like Victor Bolden. You know, yesterday at practice, you're right, man. That guy's got some twitch to him. He's got some speed. Uh, not as big of a guy, but he can go. So I wonder if if they have some packages for him. If if we see him a little bit, if they call him up, so gonna be interesting. One stat too, Nick, that I wanted to throw out there as we're talking about the wide receivers, the the Raiders' uh, pass defense has been one of the worst in the NFL. They're allowing a 107 passer rating, which is the highest in the league, a 107 passer rating against opposing teams each week. Uh, And the highest passer rating in the league, Nick, week to week is Patrick Mahomes at 105. So you're, you're talking about they're letting guys have big days in the, through the air uh, and especially quarterbacks. And even looking at Russell Wilson stats right here, last time they played the Raiders, 17 of 25, 237 yards, two touchdowns. He was sacked three times, uh, QBR 44.3. But, you know, that was one of his better games. So I wonder if we can see Russell, uh, again, doesn't have the weapons that he did the last time, but I wonder if we see a better version of Russell Wilson this week against the against the Raiders' pass defense that just has not been very effective this year. Yeah, but George, I mean, once again, I mean, you're laying out these things from a stats uh, standpoint, 
And this is where, as as a head coach, offensive coordinator, you start to look at what worked well against a particular team. If not just that, you just look around the league. It's okay, right? We have the cliche saying it's a copycat league, so it's okay to look at other teams and see, well, what were they doing that was so creative that now you can deploy against a Raiders team that they may not have seen because it's the we're talking about plays that's coming from an entirely different conference, an entirely different team, and you have a way to make it look better and put it in a way that is familiar to some of the routes concepts that you've built thus far. But to just kind of throw up your hands and say, hey, listen, this is just where we are and we have to kind of power through it. To me, that's just talk. I mean, unless you uh, are very put, I would always say, I always tell people, hey, man, I'm from Miami. I have a New York mentality, but I also think like I'm from uh, Missouri. Right. And the reason I say that is because if you know, Missouri is the show me state. Don't tell me. Show me. So that's where the Broncos are right now. Show me. Don't talk a good game. Show me. And it's okay to look at other offensive units and borrow, even if that means you have to, you know, your old uh, uh, quarterback coach in Green Bay, Luke Getze, look at what he's doing in Chicago, right? You can even go back and look and see, oh, Jeff Saturday came in and he filled the void for Frank Wright. But look what they did for Matt Ryan. It was short, quick passes to make sure that uh, Chandler Jones, who haven't really had a lot of sacks this year, and Max Crosby isn't able to get to your quarterback. That's a simple recipe, and simple is okay. Yeah, definitely. I I agree, Nick. I I mean, look, you and I have talked about it a lot. We just need them to to finally do it, right? Um, We want to see them finally do it. Quickly, Nick, before we get into some predictions, uh, what do you want to see from this Broncos defense? Obviously, Last time, you know, they played this. You could argue this was their worst performance of the season defensively. Uh, you know, Josh Jacob, I'm, I'm, again, looking at the stats here 28 carries, 144 yards, two touchdowns. He was the difference in that game. Uh, Devontae Adams, nine receptions, 101 yards, which so- sounds like a lot, but I remember that game. Sertan shot him down when they needed him to. Um, what do you want to see from this Broncos defense? Do you think they can slow down Josh Jacobs this time around? Yeah, I do believe. Here's why. Because you go back to last week, 50 yards uh, to giving up 50 yards to Derrick Henry. They proved that they can be a run-stopping defense and just use, you know, the guys up front and then the second-level linebackers. So go into this game a little upset because, once again, let's be totally honest, as well as the defense play uh, this season, that was a game that they did not show up when the offense actually was showing up, moving the ball down the field. So they should be a little upset, wanting a little get back. But I want to see them great against the run. And also, based on the offensive struggle by the Raiders, don't play too much zone coverage. The Raiders' offense loves zone. Now Devontae Adams can find the, the soft spot in the zone. And now on the run and the catch, like we saw with the Colts game, let PS2 do what he did last game. Devontae's going to catch those little short underneath routes. But then you have a safety somewhat – over the top, just in case PS2 needs it. But we need to see more production on the defense as far as being a run-stuffing defense this week. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, this is this is one of those games that I think the Broncos' defense um, you know, has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, right? Uh, they, they, they've been so good this year, you know, first in the league in a lot of st- statistical categories. 
But I think they still look back at that Raiders game, at least the leaders on that defense do, and say, hey, we, we could have been better in that game. That's one that's on us, right? Uh, a lot of these games have been on the offense. And, they, I mean, they're not going to come out and say that. But um, that, that game was definitely one that the defense could have played better. So I think that they're going to come out trying to stop the run. And then they're just going to trust, you know, Sertan to, to really shut down Adams or at least keep him out of the end zone. Uh, the Raiders will be without Hunter Rimfro, which he didn't play in the last game either, uh, and Darren Waller. So that obviously changes some things when you don't have to, you know, guard a guard like Darren Waller, who's, you know, one of the best tight ends in the league. So um, I expect the defense to play really well. I think this is going to be a slugfest, Nick. Uh, I do think the Broncos are going to win. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the Broncos to win. I think it's like a 16-13 type game. Um, honestly, I should probably pick them to tie, you know, like I said on, on Twitter, <laughs> but, uh, I like the Broncos in this one. I think they find a way to win. I feel like that's the way the Broncos have been the last few years is, you know, they get down and, and they play some bad games and all of a sudden they, they win a game that makes you think, Oh, maybe they got it figured out. Maybe they got it figured out. I think that's going to be one of these games. They somehow beat the Raiders. Everything's okay for another week. And then they, you know, play the Panthers obviously next week and we'll see what they do then. But Nick, who do you like in this game and why? Well, I'm going to take uh, the Denver Broncos. They're, they're playing at, at home. Uh, the defense has shown uh, that they can uh, do a great job against uh, the run. And, and this idea of just kind of employ a similar philosophy, but just being great or better, if uh, better word, uh, against the run against Josh Jacobs. Because if you take Jacobs away from the Raiders like the Colts did last week, you have an opportunity to, uh, to win the ball game. And the Broncos desperately need this win. Let's be, let's be totally honest. They get this win, one, they're going to crush the Raiders' hope, and then they're going to be fighting on the plane. Not that I'm advocating for fisticuffs, but that's just the Raiders' way. And then also, like you said, for another week, it gives the Broncos confidence that, hey, we can turn things around and look how crazy things are. 14 guys in, injured, makeshift offensive line, a couple of wide receivers injured, and we still go out and we win the ball game. Now it's like, okay, well, things were bad. Now they're starting to look up. Let's try to roll this over into next week playing against the Panthers. Yep, 100%. It should be a good one, Nick. Uh, Josh McDaniels back in town. I'm sure a lot of Broncos fans just want to win that game just because of him being back in town. Uh, and, and it should be interesting to see. I mean, man, if the Raiders lose, they're in a tough spot. Uh, with what they're doing in their head. I know a lot of people are talking about the Broncos and the future of Nathaniel Hackett, but man, uh, Josh, McDaniel loses, Josh McDaniels loses this game. His seat is uh, incredibly hot, even if they can't they can't fire him because of money reasons. But should be a good one, Nick. Are, are you going to the game? Uh, no, I'll be watching it uh, in uh, the Broncos headquarters. We've got the post-game show. So, uh, yeah, I'll be nice and warm. Yeah, yeah. Well, make sure you guys watch Nick on the postgame show. Make sure you guys read my stuff from the Denver Gazette. Uh, and we will see you guys next week when we break down the result of the Broncos and the Raiders. Thanks for liking, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast. 